was proclaimed not too many hours ago in Bethlehem, in the Holy Land. Hodie Christus Natus Est. Today the Christ is born. So I've been alive for 27 Christmases, praise God. I remember most of them, not all of them obviously. There's some really beautiful memories from a very worldly point of view. That first Christmas, I got a mountain bike, still have it, ride it occasionally. There's been some tough ones too though, like that first Christmas after my grandmother died. But no matter the year, there's always been that constant, whether I was aware of it or not. And that's the Mass, the Eucharist. And so of all those preceding 26 years of my life, uh, this one is a special one, because it's one in which I'm a priest. My first Christmas, just in preparation of this, bringing me uh, to the point of tears. And of all times to be a priest, right, in this year, but it's not unique to me uh, to be a parent, to be an educator, a teacher, even to just be a child. You may seem, it may seem for us perhaps, that faith has wavered in this last year, maybe has failed in some regards. Churches were quite literally closed for a few months. The public attendance at Mass ceased. People were just left alone in nursing homes, the homebound, uh, just left by themselves, many despairing, many distraught. The deep mystery is that faith, with a capital F, has never failed. It has never wavered. No matter what we went through, or still are to some extent, Christ has never abandoned us. As he tells us in the Gospel of Matthew, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church, we who are in that church. He's never abandoned us because he loves us. What has maybe wavered though, is our faith, Lord Kesef. But even that, to a certain realist extent, is kind of expected, no? I mean, we should be self-aware that We're humans, we're sinners, we're weak, we can't do this alone. Take even those very earlier followers followers of Christ, so proximate to him. Peter, for example, the first pope, the great saint, the leader of the apostles, the supposed rock of the church. In Jesus' most crucial moment of his life on this earth, he denied him three times publicly. Certainly, that would be cause for desperation, no? But like Peter, we should learn that our frailty should never give us credence to despair, even in a year which seems to be begging us to despair. Rather, our innocence and our helplessness is actually an unbelievable opportunity for grace. Do you have any idea how many confessions the priests at this church and nearby have been hearing this last year? Because we never stopped hearing confessions through everything. It's unbelievable. If you look back five, ten years from now, and even a parish like this, there'd be 15 to 30 minutes of confessions every Saturday or Tuesday evening. We've been hearing an average of 45 minutes to over an hour every day for months. It's beautiful. Something is happening. Some good is coming from this situation. That I think people for the first time in a very long time are realizing they can't do it alone. They're realizing who they are and who they need, which is Jesus. How weak, how downtrodden, downtrodden, and just plain tired many people are. Realizing who they are in relation to him, which is, in a word, loved. 
So brothers and sisters, it's important to always recall that we're not accidents, bumbling around in an accidental world, you know, just moving forward to this final depressing suffering end. No, though we deserve rightly death by our sins, we were nonetheless redeemed. We were purchased at a price by Jesus. From the moment our parents, our first parents sinned, God put things into motion. If you were at uh, the vigil mass last evening, we read from the gospel, uh, the lineage of Jesus. It's that very long one with all the very difficult names. Did you read it yesterday, Deacon? I know a few did. And unless anyone spoke Hebrew in the crowd, he did a perfect job pronouncing. But it's so beautiful. Uh, there's a priest that used to be at this parish. He's now in Sycamore, Father Carl Beekman. When he reads that, he just starts weeping for the beauty of God's plan. It says 14 generations. 14 is the double of seven. Seven is a perfect number, meaning God does things perfectly even through generations. And it's not just one time 14, it's three times 14. Through women, through tribes, wars, exiles, and famines. All to announce to the most beautiful and perfect woman that has ever walked this earth that she would bear the Messiah. He who would conquer sin and death by his own death upon the cross to save us. Hodie Christus Natus est, today the Christ is born. And of all things, to come into this world as a baby. I love it. It's so simple, so mysterious. A baby out under the dangerous and cold night sky, the invisible God made visible. He had to do it if he wanted to become human, of course. But the more mystical, beautiful, spiritual reality is he did it so we're not afraid to approach him, like those shepherds, to come close to him and to receive him. Brothers and sisters, what is this but the Eucharist? That which we believe as Christians, as Catholics, is the body and blood of Christ, the God of the universe who's holding us in existence right now, allowing me to speak on this altar in the appearance of bread which is really his body. So we're not afraid to approach him. The Holy Land's a special place. Perhaps you've had the opportunity to go in your lifetime. Maybe you've seen documentaries or hope to go sometime. But when you go around to the holy sites, whether it's kind of up north in Nazareth, towards the south in Bethlehem or Jerusalem, when you go to those famous places like Mary's home, you'll see this very small three-letter word in Latin, hic. H-I-C, it's inscribed everywhere on this marble. And it's Latin for here, here in this place. So celebrating Mass today, when we pray the Creed, when we pray the Eucharistic prayer, we say things like, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. But for those that are in Nazareth, in the Holy Land, visiting the home of Mary, which now rests under this massive basilica, when they're there, they say, verbum caro hic factum est, the Word was made flesh here. And then when you're in the south in Bethlehem in the Church of the Nativity, built in 325 AD by the mother of Constantine, the first Holy Roman Emperor, you celebrate Christmas year-round. It's constantly Christmas there because it's in that place that the God of the universe became incarnate. And they say there, Hic de Virgine Maria Jesus Christus Natus. Here the Virgin Mary gave birth to Jesus. So brothers and sisters, why do I bring up these really cool facts um, and tidbits of the Holy Land? They're cool in their own, right? Uh, but it's to express to us the reality 
that God became man. But it's not some far-off thing that maybe we'll get to see if we're lucky in our lifetime. It's here present to us. Jesus gave us the Eucharist, the sacraments. And here upon this altar, if I was a, a mason or something, I would inscribe on the front, and I would write, Heek, here, the child Jesus becomes present. Upon this altar of sacrifice at every Mass, he appears, as he did just over 2,000 years ago. And that's not some metaphor. It's not some you know, pithy myth, or some personified ancient parable. It's not. It's truly Jesus in flesh and blood poured out for love of us. And this being my first Christmas as a priest, everything of me wanted to get up here and give this like 30-minute treatise of theological beauty on how the Trinity works and how the second person, the Son, became man. But for your sake and my own, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I could get up here and try to solve the problem of evil. Why does suffering still exist if God is love and he became one of us and saved us from it? But we don't need to overcomplicate Christmas. We don't need to overcomplicate the situation in which we currently dwell. All we need to know is that the God of the universe, who loves us, became one of us to save us. He knows who we are, his beloved sons and daughters, and even better than that, he knows where we are, and he meets us there. But like those shepherds we hear today in our gospel from the gospel from the Midnight Mass, we have to leave our attachments to this world. We have to leave our sins, the things holding us down, like they left their sheep, and go to meet the Christ ourselves. How Jesus wishes to inscribe upon our broken and beaten hearts a heart unlike to his, mind you. He wishes to inscribe those things we find off in those, those holy places, that here I dwell, here in your heart I wish to dwell. So as we approach this altar, I invite you to, to put that reality in the forefront of your mind and your heart, that this is truly Jesus. He has come for you in the appearance of a baby. Merry Christmas.